0: Okay, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our gospel lesson today continues where we left off last week. Jesus taught, as you recall from last week, Jesus taught as one with authority, not as the scribes taught. Jesus demonstrated his power, particularly over the realm of Satan by exercising a demon from a man. They remarked, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. This is the exercise of his power. So afterwards, as we heard today, this is where we picked up. Jesus left the synagogue, and he came into the house of Simon and Andrew. There's is just a side note that you'll notice here in the text that Simon, who the Roman Catholic Church claims to be the first pope, was married. He has a mother-in-law. Anyway. Um, But his mother-in-law, who lived with them, uh, was sick. She had a fever. Mark doesn't tell us much more than that. Now, in Luke's account of this same episode, Luke tells us that she she had a a high fever. Uh, But interestingly, Mark Mark doesn't comment on that. He just says she has a fever. Um, But he does say, Mark does tell us that they immediately told him about her. Was that because they were concerned? Were they just telling in passing? Not. Mark doesn't seem too concerned with that in in his gospel. He's not too particular about that point. But in any event, Jesus healed her, and then she got up and began to serve him. Them, all of them. Now, there are a lot of lessons in this text, and I want to briefly explore them. Firstly, you'll notice that Jesus healed. Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, and then she served them. Perhaps this lesson is about how we have been healed by God. Now it's time for us to get busy serving him. Some preachers will probably go in that direction. The narrative continues with Jesus healing many people and every single one that came to him, that was brought to him. They brought out all their sick, all that were oppressed by demons. Um, again, there's not a, a specific uh, seriousness of the sickness that was brought to Jesus. It's, it's just all variety of things. It could have been minor to great catastrophic sicknesses. It's, it's all of it. But the people were brought to him and he healed every one of them. In fact, the text says the whole city was gathered together at the door. Perhaps the theme of this lesson is that Jesus heals. In fact, my worship planning book that I get from uh, Concordia Publishing House from CPH, it has, you know, like suggested hymns and things like that. Like every, it's really a nice book. But in any event, for this lesson from Mark, they, they summarize it with those two words. Jesus heals. Maybe that's the point of this lesson, that Jesus is the one who heals. Now, just like we saw last week, Jesus exercised authority over demons. In this case, he wouldn't even allow the demons to speak. It says that he would not permit the demons to speak. Maybe the lesson here is that the kingdom of God has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And of course, the kingdom of God has power over the satanic kingdom. And so this is making that point that Jesus is, that the kingdom of heaven comes in Jesus and that that kingdom has power over the satanic kingdom. Is that the lesson to be picked up here? All right, now in verse 35, we see Jesus leaving early in the morning to go to a desolate place and he prays there. Now this is significant. You might think, well, of course Jesus prayed. He's he's gonna pray. Well, Mark really only mentions Jesus praying specifically three times in his whole gospel. Three times he mentions it. Here in Mark 1, he also mentions it after he had fed the 5,000. He went away to a quiet place to pray. And then finally in Mark 14, he's in the the prayer in in the Garden of Gethsemane. So perhaps this lesson focuses on teaching us to pray. Ultimately, after Simon Peter hunted him down, found Jesus and he said, let us go on to the next towns. Uh, Jesus said this. Jesus said, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. The narrative uh, for our lesson concludes, by the way, and he went throughout all Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Perhaps then the lesson here is that Preaching is the foremost work of Christ. His first priority is the proclamation of the gospel. Healing, casting out demons, these are secondary. They serve primarily as witnesses. They buttress the truth of his preaching. He says he forgives sins, but he buttresses it by healing the paralytic, for example. Maybe that's the lesson here, that it's the word above everything else. And that's what, the, what Jesus is saying is, I need to be out preaching the gospel. Okay, so all of these less are lessons. These, those are all lessons that we can take away from this passage. God does indeed equip the saints for service. He does. Jesus does have both the power and the will to heal. And he does so out of deep compassion for people he heals. And when Jesus exorcised demons and exercised power over them, he was in fact demonstrating that in him has come the kingdom of God, which has power over the kingdom of the devil. He was showing his power over sin, death, and the devil when he exercised demons. In the midst of healing, exercising demons, and preaching the gospel, the early morning after a long and full day of doing so, Jesus did go out to be alone and to pray. This this does teach us that prayer is important, that prayer is restorative, that prayer is communion with God. So we do take that lesson from this. Finally, it is right to regard the proclamation of the gospel as the priority. As Paul said in Romans 1, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Look, I mean, what problem is there that is greater than the fate of your eternal soul? Your eternal salvation is more important than anything else. So yes, by all means, Preach the gospel because that's what really saves people. I mean, if you can heal them from their cancer, that's great too, on top of everything. But preach the gospel. So yeah, that is important, and that is a priority. Paul also says in Romans 10, Romans 10 that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Blessed are the feet, you know, blessed are the feet. Who take this gospel lesson out. So preaching is a priority. Yes, all of these are important lessons that are to be taken away from the passage. Now I want to focus on some, what might seem like a minor detail, but I think it says a lot. And so I want to go back to verse 31, where we see that Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. As I said, maybe it was serious, maybe it was not. Either way, she was sick. And what did Jesus do? Jesus healed, right? Jesus heals. But it says more. He took her by the hand. He grasped her by the hand. He grasped her by the hand and lifted her up. In a culture where sickness was seen as God's hand against you, Jesus put his hand on her and said, this is God's hand for you. And he lifted her up. He didn't shrink back for fear of contamination. Oh, she's sick. What if I become contaminated? Yeah, he's going to become contaminated. In fact, he's going to be contaminated with her sin. And with all of our sin, and with the sin of the whole world. But Jesus doesn't shrink back from that. That's what he came to do, was to preach this good news of forgiveness and to take upon himself the sins of the world, to take upon himself the contamination of the world. Jesus said elsewhere, from Matthew 10, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father, from your heavenly Father. This, is, this pithy statement is an echo of what we read in Psalm 147 this morning and what we heard in Isaiah 40. God not only created the heavens and the earth and everything, but he knows every star in the sky and he knows every hair on your head. There is no trouble that is too insignificant, and there is no trouble that is too great. He cares about every aspect of your life and being. In Christ Jesus, God has taken hold of your hand. He lifts you up. You're depressed. You're anxious. You're sick. You're dying. Yeah. Though all of that may be the case, God feeds you with his word and his sacraments and works faith in you through them. So that whatever troubles you face in this life, you may know that God is with you and you do not suffer without his knowledge. Just like he knows every sparrow that falls to the ground. His ways are inscrutable. That means we don't always understand them. We check our uh, brains at the limit of our brains. That's the way, I think it's Pastor Wolfmuller that says it that way. We have to check our brain at the limit of our brains. We don't understand all of God's ways. But in spite of that, in spite of the fact that we don't always understand, we know that he loves, and you should know that God loves you, and that Christ Jesus lifts you up out of, of that sin-sick body, and gives you the promise of eternal life. Thanks be to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.